0: Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. He thinks we're what we look like on the outside nice Southern ladies. Let me tell you something. There's nothing nice about Southern ladies. Grady Hendrix, The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia, and today I'm joined by my friend and fellow book club member, Juliana Helms. You may know Juliana from her popular bookstagram account, Juliana Reads, where she specializes in Who Would You Cast, an Instagram story series where she partners with her followers to brainstorm casting her favorite books. This week, Juliana's joining me on the front porch to cast one of my favorite books of the year, The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. Hi, Juliana. Hi, Annie. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. I love your Instagram stories, but also I know you in real life. And we <laughs> yes. frequently in book club will cast our favorite books, our books yeah. that we read with our characters. And yes. so I thought this would be really fun. Oh, yeah. And One of my favorites. did your, we voted on this, right? I feel like we voted between, yeah, between this and most likely. Okay, that's yeah. right. So I think this will be really fun. I, as I was casting, I was like, "No wonder Juliana loves doing this." But the only disappointment is that no casting directors are listening to this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> True. I still hold out hope that one day they'll find
0: my stories and be like, "Hey, we should give her a job. <laughs> She's good at this." It, it's so fun. It's really fun, and I think is. I feel like you and I have talked about this in book club. But when I'm reading, I frequently do kind of imagine. Yeah. Different actors or different people, just so I can kind of get an idea of who I'm picturing. And I did that with a couple of people while reading this book. So it Mm -hmm. was fun to get to bring them to life. Yeah. And I've noticed now that I've been doing these for almost
1: a year now that I pay a lot more attention at the beginning to the character descriptions, especially Mm -hmm. the physical descriptions, what age they are, kind of some of their characteristics. And even for books that I'm not casting immediately, I'll go ahead and, you know, take a picture or write it all down. So I feel like I know these characters so well. (laughs) By yeah. the time I'm really getting into it,
0: Juliana sent me like spreadsheets and Google Docs <laughs> or Google Docs, and I was so impressed with the physical descriptions because when yeah. I read, I don't, I don't think I pay too much attention to, to those. Like I had a guy in mind for one of these roles, mm-hmm. and then when I saw your physical description, I was like, oh, yeah. well, that doesn't really apply here, right? And And so it was good to have somebody like you paying attention to those details that I think I do sometimes skim over. Right, right. Well, I'm an Enneagram one, so (laughs) that
1: kind of comes with the
0: territory there. I did tell Jordan yesterday, um, because you and I were texting, and I was like, man, if all my guests were as prepared as Juliana, this would be so easy. (laughs) So I'd love to hear that. Anytime. (laughs) Anytime. Okay. So I'm going to jump into, for those listeners who are not familiar, I'm going to give a brief description of the book. Um, and then we're going to jump into casting and you're kind of going to give these physical descriptions and we're going to alternate or snake draft as our friends of the podcast call it. Yeah. Um, with our casting suggestions. Perfect. Okay. So the Southern book club's guide to slaying vampires is I am going to say my, one of my favorite books I've read this year, unexpectedly. So (laughs) did not intend to like this book fully (laughs) intended to read a little bit and move on with my life. But instead I devoured the whole thing in one sitting. And I loved it. Um, It is a vampire book at its core, but I like to say that it's a vampire book with heart. Um, Kind of like Jocelyn Jackson's Never Have I Ever If a Vampire Showed Up. Um, Perfect. Yeah, so you've got this, uh, and I love the setting of this book. One thing I wasn't anticipating was the nostalgia factor because this is set in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, And so you've got this book club in South Carolina made up of these women who read kind of true crime but kind of oh I don't know like, like people a, magazine like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> people magazine pulp pulp true crime yeah there you um go. and so they meet uh to read these books and to talk about them and they kind of hide it from their husbands like one of them pretends she's in like a christian bible study and i think the others kind of just say book club they don't really tell their husbands what they're reading um but they gather they're all members of this they all live in the kind of the same neighborhood and they all are in the same club and then this handsome stranger moves to their neighborhood and it does not take long for grady hendrix to reveal to us that this stranger this handsome stranger is actually a vampire uh so Chaos naturally ensues, but really some chaos with some depth. There is gore in this book, like it is a vampire book. And so wow. some of the details are a little um, stomach turning. But overall, this book to me is about female friendships and kind of overcoming and rediscovering who you are um, in relationship, I think, especially to other people. We get a lot of marital relationships in this book, um, and then we got, get a lot of female friendships and um. I really liked it. Did you like it? I did. I okay. I was not sure what I was
1: getting into. <laughs> <because> <laughs> I, read, I read a good bit of fantasy and even sci-fi type stuff, but yeah. vampire is not a whole lot. Yeah. And I loved it. It it was so campy. Yes. It reminded me of so many of those movies that just has like this – kind of quiet comedic undertone to it but also yeah. these terrible things are happening so you hate <laughs> laughing but the way yeah. he writes it is just it's so good and and being from the south I feel like I know in person one of each of these characters oh like if you absolutely. asked me to list someone for my life for all of these I absolutely could do that <laughs> <laughs> yes
0: i I totally agree we we could cast it with real life people yeah,
1: yeah. Life. <laughs> well, and when right. they started reading uh the stranger beside me didn't you read that last year I oh was yeah like, I did Annie would be perfect in this book club. This is her kind of book club.
0: I would. I totally felt seen. I was like, oh my gosh, why am I not in a book club like this? I feel like I could totally belong. Um, And you're right. It's definitely got this campy vibe that Mm -hmm. really made even the kind of gory, gruesome parts it's kind of weirdly enjoyable to me. Like I was able yeah. to not think too much about them because other things were happening that kind right. of distracted me from the gore itself.
1: Yeah. And it was so bizarre too that you were yes. like, okay, I realize that this terrible thing is happening right now, but this is just so crazy that it doesn't, I don't know, it didn't really get into my head in like a super yes. negative way that you typically experience with that type of gore. So yes, it, I definitely think it you know, has a content warning about those types of things, but it feels a little different than what you typically would think of when you think of like, you know, gore or it's really dark or it's because it's, it's got that comedic piece. Yeah, to Yeah. I, I didn't
0: have nightmares when I yeah. read this book. Yeah. I agree. Okay. So let's jump in to the main character, Patricia. Okay. Okay. Yep. So Patricia,
1: as Annie just said, is the main character. Her name is Patricia Campbell. She is a mother of two and a wife to Carter. She is a former nurse, but is currently a stay at home mom. So she's inquisitive and observant, but also a little disorganized and easily frazzled. Um, She's a little bit bored with her life. You get that impression. And then once James moves to town, she's all about him. He's new. He's exciting. She's very intrigued by him. Um, So she's kind of in her mid-40s. We see them, I think, the span of about maybe seven or eight years throughout the book. Is that the impression you got? Yeah, Yeah, definitely. More than I thought. Yeah. Like it spans longer than I thought. So through their 40s and some of them maybe even their early 50s. So just just keep that in mind. Um, But she's always really well put together, always has on makeup and lipstick. She lives in a nice part of town. And so she kind of has that to uphold. So... The way we decided to do it, like you said, was kind of do a snake draft. So I'll go first with my picks on this. Okay. And I also have some alternates if we kind of get stuck with having the same person. Okay, good. And I kind of want to mention our alternates just kind of briefly because I still think that they're they're good as well. Okay. (laughs) So... My first choice, and also I will say that we will say the actor's name and probably both kind of react to this, but then Mm -hmm. I'll try to list out what they have also been in so that all the listeners can kind of get that mental image of who we're talking about. Most of these have pretty good name recognition, but there are a couple that you might be like, oh, I'm not really sure who that person is. Um, And then kind of give a reason why we chose that person. Okay. Okay. So my pick for Patricia is Christina Applegate.
0: Oh, from Dead to Me. Yes. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. from
1: Dead to Me on Netflix. Oh, that's good. And that's exactly why I picked her because she was really big in the 90s. She was in, you know, Samantha Who at the beginning of the 2000s. I don't know if you remember, she was in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. (laughs) (laughs) She was that like teen with attitude, which I love because one of her children towards you know later on in the book is a teenager and kind of has that same attitude. So it would almost be like coming full circle with how she was in that movie. Um, But yes, her performance in Dead to Me, which I have not watched the second season, but it was so good. And I feel like it's getting her some accolades and people are starting to kind of take her seriously now. But she has got like perfect
0: comedic timing. Yes, she really does. No, you're right. She kind of plays... She plays that mom with depth really well, like even even in Dead to Me. That's a great choice. I agree. That's good. Okay. Okay. Mine is, and I also have an alternate for this, but my first choice is Amy Adams. (gasps) Ooh, yes. So the reason I picked her is because I totally think she's pretty and like believable as a former nurse. Like she, I could see her kind of all done up in almost this Stepford Wife situation. Yes. But yeah. toward the end of the book, when we definitely see her getting her hands dirty, mm-hmm. uh, I just am reminded. Did you ever watch Sharp Objects? Yes. Oh, oh my gosh,
1: <laughs> she's so good in that.
0: Yes. She, it was so, so
1: dark too. Yes. And her range in that. Show. Yes. Mm. So
0: I thought between if you've got somebody who is capable of the depths and darkness of sharp objects, but she's equally delightful and enchanted, I felt like she could definitely do bring that kind of campy vibe we were talking about, even though she's you know, air quotes, serious actress. Oh, I agree. Um, so, Amy Adams was my first choice. Oh, I love both of those. I I'm too excited. We're we're off to a really good start. I think. Yeah, and I should say, aren't you going to post these on your Instagram so people yes. can vote? Yes. yes. So this is going to air this Thursday, right? Yeah, And then on
1: Saturdays, typically mid to late afternoon, I post the polls in my stories for people to vote. So our two primary picks will be the two options for those. Um, So my alternate was Christina Hendricks from Mad Men. Okay. Kind of that redhead, but we know that she can pull off those like killer professional kind of housewife looking outfits. But she's also got that sass, a little bit of attitude. So yeah. she was she was my second pick and also I I should say I talked to our friend Courtney who was on your podcast a couple weeks ago. Yeah. She she goes line dancing with us sometimes. Um
0: <laughs> oh, R <line> I P line dancing.
1: <laughs> I know. I miss it so much. Um she she mentioned Christina Hendricks and I think she's perfect and, and I'll mention Courtney a couple more times in this too because she's really good at, at this casting. Good at casting. And and I I love that Just kind of a side note, what I love so much about doing these castings is the week before we we do the the polls on the, the book, I ask for people to send me suggestions. And number mm-hmm. 1 that's really helpful because it's it's very difficult especially if there are 6 or 7 or even 8 sometimes characters that we're trying to cast. It's very difficult for me to come up sometimes with yeah. all those different actors. And because I don't like to to do repeats, I try to keep yes. it fresh and have kind of new faces coming through instead of just leaning on the same actors because there are some that are so versatile you could pretty much see them in any role. So, I love mm-hmm. when people send in suggestions, and there are a lot of people that I know I can depend on because they have got killer, like they just nail it every time. and Courtney's yeah. definitely one of those, so yeah, so she helped me with this a bit.
0: Okay, so my alternate would take the film, I think, in a totally different direction, which is why I did not ultimately wind up picking her. Mm-hmm. But I thought Kristen Wig as oh, the alternate. I could see that. I, I so, really could. Yeah. So in, again, based on some of the other castings for the other roles, like I yeah. just think it could take the film in a different direction. But I also yeah. do like Kristen Wiig as a serious actress. Like I really mm-hmm. liked her in The Skeleton Twins, mm-hmm. um, which is a movie she did with Bill Hader. Mm-hmm. And then she's obviously in Bridesmaids. Yeah. And I think she is really, I don't know that people always associate her with being really pretty, but I actually right. find her to be really attractive. Oh, yeah. And then could easily also flip the film to be way more maybe comedic and tongue-in-cheek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so well, she was my alternate.
1: And even in Bridesmaids, I mean, there's there's kind of that serious component yes. to it where she's going through this crisis of who am I and am I happy yes. with my life and my friendships? And, and those parts to me – I mean, the other parts are funny, but those parts to me are like, okay – she she's conveying this emotion just as much as she is the comedy. Yes, so you can totally buy the
0: loss of her friendship. Like yeah. that's why I love bridesmaids is all the different yes. all the different things really happening in that movie. But yeah. I think she. And I'm, I don't know, some of the, you'll see later, some of my castings, I also want to give these actors work. Like some of yes. the people I'm I'm rooting for. I'm like, Kristen Wiig, I want you in something I'm like the same this. Same way. <laughs> I it, on my reasoning,
1: sometimes I just typed just because I want to see them again. I want yes.
0: I want them to get <laughs> work. So I think they're good. Yeah.
1: Um okay, so okay. Carter is next. I'll kind of read the descriptor, but then you'll go first on this one. Um so Carter Campbell, as I mentioned, is the husband of Patricia. He is also in his mid forties, well put together. He really cares about his appearance. This is going to be someone who's in a suit most of the time. He is a psychiatrist who is trying to become a department head, so he's very ambition, or very ambitious. Sorry, often very absent at home, um, and believes in typical gender roles, which kind of takes a negative turn in the book. (laughs) Um, And so it's important to me too with this character that we get that piece of it, not just the professional piece, but also how he is at home. So yes, who is your pick for that?
0: Okay. I wanted to pick somebody who to me falls in, we've talked about this many times into the category of blandly handsome, like just a generic, Mm -hmm. good looking guy, Mm -hmm. uh, but who is I will not say the phrase that I used in my descriptor on your Google Doc, um, oh, but no, he capable look. of being a real scumbag. Uh, and so I picked Jason Bateman as my first choice. Oh, man. Because I feel like he is handsome, yeah. and I think especially he could have chemistry with Kristen Wiig. I'm oh, not yeah. as sold on Amy Adams, but I think it's possible. Yeah, um, we've never, never seen Jason them together. Bateman. Yeah, and he's really charming, I feel mm-hmm. like. Like, I feel like most people, when they see him, they're glad to see him on the screen. At least that's how I am. I'm always glad he's there. Um, I thought specifically of his role in Game Night uh, and then also (laughs) of his role in Ozark. Mm -hmm. And so he's capable, again, of that darkness, but also of the camp because he's Game night to me is super campy and fun. Yeah, Um I So I – and I can totally picture him as, like, this sarcastic psychiatrist, like, trying to be mm-hmm. – you know, trying to make it – Trying to diagnose everyone. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So yes. Jason
1: Bateman is my first choice. Yes. I feel like he – his career has been interesting to me because – he kind of was stereotyped as, uh, I heard this once and it made me laugh, the bewildered white guy who just always seems <laughs> yes. surprised that what is happening to him is happening. Yes. But I feel like he kind of leaned into that a little bit and now he's making other people bewildered. Yes. And in this, I think that would work well, that like you want to trust him and you want to root for him because he just comes across as this nice guy. But then if he could bring a little bit of that darkness
0: in, yes, I think it would be good. What was the new – it's a, the new uh, show about – oh, it's on HBO and it's Stephen King. I just watched it and it was so creepy and um, scary. Yes, The Outsider. Outsider. Yes. And he briefly has a role in that. Mm-hmm. And Jordan and I were both disappointed that we were like, oh, no, no Jason Damon. I know. <laughs> I think it was only in the first episode. It was only he? in the first episode. <sighs> But in that first episode, he's exactly, to me, this kind of person where he starts off and you're like, oh, Jason Bateman, he's here. And then you're like, wait, did Jason Bateman do these things? Yeah, they ask you to believe that he
1: did something really bad. Yes, and and that's what
0: I think would make
1: him so good in this role. So he's my first pick. Okay, I agree. Um, So my pick might be a little controversial just because he is someone that I think we all know and love.
0: (laughs) but
1: (laughs) he's also someone that i want to see have a little bit better range and i feel like here lately he has so my pick is joshua jackson oh pacey (laughs) pacey Pacey. (laughs) all day long um so as you mentioned he was in dawson's creek pacey witter he is also (laughs) in the show the uh, he is he's one of those blandly (laughs) handsome but he looks so good in a suit yeah, he does. And I just feel like this role, he, he, that would be important. Um, yeah. But he was in the show The Affair. Did you ever watch that? Okay, Some I didn't film. watch it, but I really
0: wanted to because yeah. I like him so much.
1: Yeah, and I think that he – I didn't watch it either. I watched a couple episodes, but I didn't stick with it. But I think he kind of got more into the character acting side of it on, on in that show. And then in Little Fires Everywhere, did you – start that? I haven't started it yet. Okay. He, so he plays the husband in that role. And that's kind of Mm -hmm. why I thought to put him in this role, but he gets so angry in that show and it, he sells it completely. And I feel like for this one, he would need to be able to sell kind of that controlled anger. Like I'm not supposed to be mad and go off on you about this, but I'm going to. So I think it, I think he'd nail it.
0: Oh, that's a good pick. Um okay my alternate I'm just going to mention briefly I did have an alternate for this one and it was Patrick Dempsey. Oh, I, yeah. I could <laughs> so say that. I feel like he has chemistry with Amy Adams if yep. we wind up if she went were to wind up winning this role mm-hmm. and he's very handsome but mm-hmm. also again can veer to me solidly into scumbag territory yeah, I'll agree. Uh, between Grey's Anatomy and then in, even in Sweet Home Alabama. Yes. Um and so he's another person who I think You know, I picture Carter as being this guy who really tries to placate his wife and, like, tries to de-escalate things, but in a patronizing way. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think Patrick Dempsey is really capable of that. (laughs) Oh, I agree. That kind of smug, like, I'm in control of the situation, but I want you to think
1: it's your idea. Yes, definitely. I could see it. So, uh, speaking of Sweet Home Alabama, my alternate was Josh Lucas. Oh, how funny. (laughs) (laughs) He's one of those that I just want to see him get more work. I feel like yeah. we've not seen him in a while, though he was in Ford versus Ferrari. Did you know that? I'm
0: looking at that in your notes. I did not know that. Yeah.
1: I didn't – I've not seen that movie, but he's not one that I would have pictured in that. But no. Sweet Home Alabama is what I think of him in. Um, yeah. But yeah. I he could him. pull off that Southern dad really yeah. well. Yeah. So next character is okay. Miss Mary. She is okay. the mother of Carter and mother-in-law, obviously, of Patricia. She lives with both he and Patricia because she suffers from dementia. And she is also very rarely ever lucid. And when she is lucid, she can be a bit creepy in the things that she says. <laughs> yes. Um, and she needs n- near constant supervision. Um, and we will get to another one of the characters who is her caretaker in a minute. Um, But oh, it's my turn to go first, isn't it? Yeah, you go first. So, my pick is one that Courtney came up with, and I think that it nails it Sissy Spacek.
0: That's mine. Is it? Oh, no. (laughs) No, that's so good.
1: That's mine as well. She was my first pick. Okay. All right. Well, I'll go with my alternate then, and then I'll let you go over, Sissy. Um, So, my alternate also might be a controversial one because she's someone we know and love, but I feel like we've not seen her in a while. So, I want to give her an opportunity, Sally Field. Oh, How do we okay. feel about
0: that? No, I totally can see that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because she, yeah. we know she can pull off Southern because she was in Still yeah. Magnolias, Forrest Gump. She's one of those great, I wouldn't say supporting actress because I think she has a bigger role in those types of movie, movies than just a typical supporting actress. But we know yeah. that she can help carry a scene and sell yeah. it. Yeah. So it, she, was, she was my alternate just because I want to see her again. And I also yeah. think that she – could look so just genuine that it might be creepy.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, I totally think. And she was recently, gosh, she was in some movie where she all of a sudden is playing older, okay. like instead of maybe that cute, you know, I yeah. think if we think back to like Steel Magnolias or Forrest stuff, right. like we picture her a certain way, but I yeah. think, I mean, she's, how old is she? Let me look at her. She's 73. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like whatever movie she was recently in, I all of a sudden was like, oh yeah, she's mm-hmm. from my age. Like she's, yeah. and so I could believe her as Carter's mom. Right. Right. Um, I picked Sissy Spacek, Mm -hmm. like you and Courtney, because she's got this great Southern accent that is Mm -hmm. legitimate. Like, we don't have to worry about training somebody and having a fake Southern accent. Right. Uh Um, And then I also think she can do this kind of character acting, but lend it some gravitas so it wouldn't feel over the top or fake. I Correct me if I'm wrong. I think she was in Bloodline. Is that true? Yes. And we loved Bloodline. Mm -hmm. And I thought she was a great matriarch in that show. And I think, yes. So because she's in Bloodline, I feel like she played a matriarch in that so Mm -hmm. well. And even though we don't get maybe the stereotypical matriarch vibe from this book, I definitely think pre-dementia, that's who she was. Oh, I agree. And so so Sissy Spacek for me is my first pick. There's also something about her eyes.
1: That yes. that it looks like there's more going on back there yeah. than yeah. we're actually seeing. And to yeah. me, that would just nail it for a dementia patient because a lot of times they are, you know, they do still have and you see glimmers of her throughout the book where she does become lucid and starts talking, yes. you know, more sensical things. Yes. Um, but then kind of has that space out moment. So I think her I think her that, eyes yeah, are
0: great. I ultimately picked – in my head, I was doing Sissy Spacek or Faye Dunaway, and I picked Sissy Spacek because I do find her to be more – it feels like there's a lot of depth there, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think you're right. The eyes have a lot to do with it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So as I mentioned a minute ago, there is a caretaker for Miss Mary. Her name is Mrs. Green. She Mm -hmm. lives in the neighborhood where the children go missing, so that's Mm -hmm. kind of the pivotal point plot point, And it's not a spoiler to me because it's in the synopsis on Goodreads, but mm-hmm. some children start to go missing, which kind of gets everybody afraid. They're trying to figure out what's going on there. Um, she has a no-nonsense attitude and can take care of business, but she is also very kind to Miss Mary. So she was one of the more interesting characters to me yes. just because you, you don't know at the beginning how much of a role she's going to have in the book, and she really has a very major role in yeah. it, and she's kind of the backbone of the whole thing. Yeah.
0: So I, I liked her. Who Who was your pick on? Okay, so I – again, I – had two, but I ultimately came down to Taraji P Henson. Oh, that's so interesting. I, yeah, so I yeah. think she can come a atro- because you're exactly right. I think Grady Hendrix may have done this on purpose. I think mm-hmm. there is another book in which this character could have just been almost sidekick material, mm-hmm. and unimportant and maybe cast to the side but instead she winds up playing a pivotal role in the book and you see her first as this soft kind of caregiver but ultimately she Mm -hmm. is tough and she does not really take nonsense from Patricia and her friends and so I think Taraji P. Henson especially I'm thinking not dressed up Taraji P. Henson I'm really thinking dressed down like almost um, a really natural face because Mm -hmm. she's very transformative so she's an empire, she was yep. recently in a movie called Best of Enemies, which is kind of what made me think that she could do this really well. Um, awesome. I, I think she's tough and strong mm-hmm. and can really do – I'm just picturing some really facial standoffs mm-hmm. between her oh, and yeah. the Patricia character. Oh, yeah. And I think her face – she does such good face acting. Yes, she's got that, like, do not
1: even try yes, it. Yes, do not with mess me. with me. <laughs> <Right. Yep. laughs> yeah. um, okay, so my pick went a little bit more comedic. But she's one that I think could still pull off the depth of the character as well. But Mrs. Green gets in some situations that you just kind of sit back when you're reading it and think, okay, this is kind of crazy, but it also is a little bit humorous just what exactly is happening. There's a specific
0: scene I'm thinking of, (laughs) and I'm sure
1: you are too. And yeah, she could do it. I think so. (laughs) Um, So my pick was, and a coworker helped me with this one actually, was Yvette Nicole Brown. Okay, I'm looking at her picture. I know exactly who she is. Yeah, she. I don't know that she has good name recognition, but she was in Community, Mm -hmm. and she's in a show called The Odd Couple as well. And so she she's one that I want to see in more things because the I've not watched all the episodes of Community, but the ones I've seen her in, you Mm -hmm. you love it when she walks in the room because you never know what's gonna what's gonna happen when she walks in. So she's one of those
0: actresses who shows up and you. Do immediately recognize her, and you're glad she's there. Yes, yeah, Yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah,
1: Um, my alternate was uh, Viola Davis. Okay, Mm -hmm. and mine was Regina King. I believe it's Regina King. She was, yeah, yeah, she was one that I was thinking of too. I love Regina King, Um, and I, I think both of them could pull it off too. That kind of strong, strong female, not going to put up with anything. Um, Okay, so now we are getting into James Harris.
0: Who, all right, this is—I'm so excited about
1: this—the vampire. <laughs> I'm really wondering if we have the same option for this one too. <laughs> I feel a little crazy about my option, but when you, okay. the more you think about it, the more it works. Okay, so James Harris is the vampire. Obviously, don't feel like mm-hmm. that's a spoiler because we learned that pretty immediately. He is super strange, but oddly intriguing, mm-hmm. and he earns the trust of all the other men. And he's that typical tar- tall, dark, handsome. You're interested. You think there might be something going on underneath all of that, but he just presents himself so well that you're like, okay, I'll trust him. Um, So physical descriptors are that he is obviously pale and thin when he's hungry, (laughs) very, very tall, wears sunglasses during the day. Um, So my pick for this, Adam Driver.
0: Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I can totally see yeah. it because he's so weird. He's so <laughs> weird. So for those who
1: might not be familiar with Adam Driver, he got his start in Girls. I fell in love with him watching that show. And he is also in the Star Wars movies. He's the newest ones. He's Kylo Ren. And more recently, he was in Marriage Story with Scarlett yeah. Johansson. Why I picked him is exactly for the reason you just said. He's so weird. Like He's, yeah. he's not someone that I – Think is conventionally handsome. I don't even know if I would call him blandly handsome. No,
0: I don't personally. But I do not put him. In no, that
1: in but I want to keep looking at him because yeah. there's he's just strange. But you you're intrigued. You want to keep looking at him. And every time, like you said, every time he shows up in a movie or a show, I pay attention because yeah. his acting is so good. You you watched Marriage Story, right? Yeah, I did. And he is the winner. To me, he's the winner in that. Absolutely, movie. absolutely. Yeah. He. That again, that kind of controlled rage, anger mm-hmm. piece of it that you could see him very easily losing control, and yep. in this role, I think you've got to have that kind of dark side that you could yes. that you could see. So yeah, he's my pick.
0: Uh, okay, mine. I and I again had two for this, but I ultimately went with Matt Bomer. Uh, I just eyes. think. He yes, mm-hmm. his eyes and he's just too handsome. Like yeah. I do not find Matt Bomer attractive right. because he is too handsome. You can't for look me. him in the eye. And then I did, I thought Juliana Helms, she must have the weirdest Google search history because my own search history took a turn this weekend. Cause I was oh like God. tall actors, like mm-hmm. because I couldn't feel like who has a presence because I really yeah. think, and I think Adam driver's a really good pick because yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, but I wanted somebody that would be tall and apparently Matt Bomer is well over six feet. Mm-hmm. And so he's tall. He's too handsome. I yeah. think he would catch the eye of somebody, mm-hmm. uh, like Patricia who has this kind of blandly handsome husband, right. but then this kind of suave guy, suave, mysterious guy comes yes. into town. Yeah. Um, and so I, I picked Matt Bomer he, from white collar. He's shown up on other things. Yeah. Um, but he, to me is one of those guys who I just know him as a handsome man. Like yeah. I really don't know him yeah. <laughs> as much else, which also means I would like to see him have a role mm-hmm. that would maybe <laughs> require him to give us a little more than he's given us on screen. I agree. I agree. Um, and I, I think he could pull off really pale as well. Yeah. I yeah, think that would I make totally those eyes so. stand out
1: even more. Yes. That's great. And I like too that we both picked people who were a little bit younger yes. than the female actresses because, yes. well, vampires really never age. So you, you kind of have free reign over what age you want these people to be. But That's I right. feel like that kind of a little bit younger has a little bit more of their life ahead of them in these yeah. females' eyes would just really intrigue them. Yes, I definitely think that's part of the appeal of James. I agree.
0: Who was Um, your backup?
1: So I had a couple of backups on this. I thought about Jamie Dornan for a second,
0: only because of
1: his role in The Fall. Did you see that? Yep, I did. He plays a serial killer in that show, and- Ugh, he he creeps me out every time he he's on screen. Even even when I see him in other things now, all I can think about is him being a serial killer. That's how well he sold it. But yeah. I also thought about Paul Bettany. Actually, a coworker mentioned this one to me, too. Um, he was in A Knight's Tale. He was Joffrey. So he was kind of a <laughs> oh goofy goodness. role. Well, that's a throwback, isn't it? Yeah. Um, kind of a goofy role. But he's been in all of the new like Avengers movies. He was in the Solo movie as well. So he's kind of got that that really pale... He's attractive, but he's one that you just keep looking at him because you're not quite sure if he's attractive or not. So he was my alternate.
0: Okay. My alternate was Henry Cavill. Yes. He's another one that's just too handsome to me. Um, He was in Man of Steel, which I did not realize. I think he was in with Amy Adams. So it it kept coming. I kept Mm -hmm. coming back around to him. So I I picked Matt Bomer over him because I felt like Henry Cavill is somebody we're so used to that it might be fun to see Matt Bomer. And then the other guy that came to mind um, is Army Hammer. Mm-hmm. He, like he came to mind as yes. well, just because he is every movie I ever see him. And I'm always like, how tall is that guy? He's right. so tall right. um, and could be very, I think, suave and convincing. Yes. Well, he's going to be in Rebecca, isn't he? That's right. Yeah. Oh, I forgot
1: all about that. Which yeah. I feel
0: like is, is oh, kind of that
1: similar eerie. Yes. There's more going on under the surface than you think. Yes. So and all three of your picks actually kind of look alike to me. Yes, they yeah. do. Yep, Isn't yeah. In the Henry Cavill and The Witcher, have you seen promos for that? I have not seen promos okay. for that, but well, I think you're right. He looks straight up like a vampire in that. <laughs> He's got pale, that pale
0: blonde white hair and really pale oh, skin okay. and really blue eyes in it. So, yeah, his eyes. It's him him and Matt Bomer look so much alike mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Um, or he and Matt Bomer. Yeah. So those are my picks. Okay. All right. Okay. Next up is we're getting into some of the book
1: club members. So Mm -hmm. they play kind of a background role, but towards the end of the book, a much more pivotal role like Miss Green does. So we see them pop up over and over again as Patricia is kind of going through this process of dealing with what's happening in their neighborhood. Um, It's all kind of based around their book club and do we need to help in this situation? What's actually going on? Who believes what? So the first one is Slick. She is again a book club member. She's very very religious. She's the one that lies and tells her husband they're in a Bible study group, which <laughs> just makes me laugh cuz I know some people who that would feels familiar, do that, isn't it? It does. <laughs> it's very familiar <laughs> while they're actually reading Helter skelter. Yeah. Um she is a bit skittish, but she's easily convinced to participate. So she mm-hmm. she to me is interesting too because she tries to stand a firm ground, kind of on her morals, but then she's easily convinced to to go against that for yep. the greater good. Um, sounds odd saying going against your morals for the greater good, but if you've read it, you know what I mean.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, who is your pick for Slick? Okay, so I went with one, but in the back of my head, I'm wondering if I should do another one. So I'm going to tell you who I ultimately picked, but I think there might be somebody better suited. So I ultimately picked Jennifer Garner um, because she just seems so sweet. Yeah. And I feel like I have not – this is to me – like a passion pick where Mm -hmm. I just need Jennifer Garner to be in something worthwhile. I just need good things for her career. I want her to be more than good at Instagram. Um, Killing it at Instagram. uh, (laughs) I know. She's so good at Instagram, but I, but I loved her in alias and I like this idea of maybe kind of being this soft spoken, Mm -hmm. um, seemingly, as you said, like seemingly demure even mm-hmm. character, but then who will quickly yeah. switch sides. Like yes. she'll quickly do what needs to be done. Yeah. I'm worried that Jennifer Garner might be too tall, uh, for the role. Yeah. Um, because sometimes slick to me seems kind of, dominant. Um, deme- yeah. yes, yes, yeah, she really does. I agree. Um, but I feel like if Jennifer Garner could harness the meekness and the sweetness, mm-hmm. and then she's also got Southern ties herself. So that's I felt true. like maybe she could enjoy kind of getting back to her roots. Um,
1: so her, how she was in 13 going on 30? Yes. Kind of that, like you said, that innocent, meek, sweet, doesn't believe anybody could yes. do anything wrong because why would they? That's so mean. Yes. I could see that. that yeah,
0: I that. think that's – that's exactly what I'm kind of picturing. Yeah. Um, can I go ahead and tell you my alternate yes. real quick? Yeah. Uh, my other option for this was Liza Weil, um, mm-hmm. who's yes. Paris from Gilmore Girls. Oh, and she was Ooh, in. Um, she was in the Viola Davis show, How to Get Away with Murder, mm-hmm. and she was this very like it was a surprise to see her because I find her to be so familiar as Paris yeah. Keller. Yeah. Um, but in How to Get Away with Murder, she was this very quiet but sneaky and ambitious uh, Uh kind of attorney. And so I feel like if we want to go, and I think in the physical descriptors, you would put almost Mm fox-like in the description. And I think she's got the face for this. Um, So to me, it's between, for me, it's Jennifer Garner or Liza Weil. Okay, that's that's
1: an interesting one. I yeah. I love her as Paris Geller too. Oh, she's, she's so good, and she's one that I like. You said I want to see her in more things. Yes, so that's that's interesting. I might I might have to think on that. I don't know I don't know between those two who I prefer. I think they both have I know. good good it was a tough traits. Call. Um, so I went a little bit different of a direction with mine. Okay, um, just based more on the physical side of things. So my okay. pick is Christina Ritchie. Oh, she's definitely got that fox-like look. She Does we know yeah. that she's really comfortable with the supernatural because she was in Casper, um, <laughs> of course, the Adams family. Um, oh yeah, now and then, which is a good, great uh, '90s nostalgia. So movie. Yes, but she just the something about her face. The emo- yeah. the way emotions play across her face has always been really interesting to me. She's yeah. got those big eyes. She, I was going to say
0: the yeah, wide eyes. That
1: kind of wide-eyed, innocent. And then you just kind of want to protect her because she just seems so like small and frail. And mm-hmm. that would come into play a little bit in the book as well. So Yes. And I I feel like mm-hmm. I've not seen her in things recently. But I she's one that I'm always intrigued when she pops up because I'm not sure where she's going to take it.
0: Yeah. Well, because for a while there, it felt like all of her roles were so different. Yeah. And so I think, God, I would really like to see her Mm -hmm. in something adult instead of, I definitely affiliate her with like 90s from our childhood. Like kid teen movies. Yeah. Yeah. So my alternate is
1: Judy Greer. Oh, I love Judy Greer. I love it too, and and she's another one that I'm excited when I see her and in, in things. Um, she was in Arrested Development. I, I yep. did you ever watch Arrested Development? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I love that show. Talk about Jason Bateman, man, he's yes. a star. Um, so she was good. also in 13 going on 30. It's all coming. Oh yeah, um, full circle. But she would be the more comedic role. But uh-huh. I also feel like she plays a victim really well, mm, um, yes. and kind of that scared, fretful. Oh, I don't. do I need to do this? Do I not need to do this? I think she can pull it off. Oh, I definitely think she could. Yeah. All right. So moving on to another book club member, Kitty, Kitty Scruggs. Kitty was also very entertaining to me in this book. (laughs) She's (laughs) funny. Her character brought a lot of levity to it, Mm -hmm. to me, Um, just because she's such an intense and serious character that they could almost play off of that to take away some of the intensity of what else was happening in the book to me. so she is quirky and blunt. She really likes to drink and smoke. She has a husband named Horse, which that's right. what, a, what a genius thing to do for the author to add someone named Horse. <laughs>
0: to well, and job. don't we all know somebody? Like if I named you all the guys in college yeah. I knew who had dumb nicknames like yeah. that, you yep. would know them all. Like yeah. you would <laughs> they, they
1: call their son Pony. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's perfect. <laughs> Um, yeah, she does not put up with nonsense. So my pick for her is one that Courtney mentioned, and I don't know that she's got great name recognition, so I'll tell you what she's been in, but Katie Mixon. Okay, I don't know her, but I'm looking. So she was in, I don't know if you saw the movie Four Christmases with Reese Witherspoon, but she played- in laws. Yes, and she's she does hilarious in that movie. But she's also been in a lot of like primetime TV shows. So she was in Mike and Molly. Um okay. she's in the new show American Housewife. And then she was okay. in um, Eastbound and Down. Did you watch that on hbo I did not watch
0: that one. Um,
1: she's got kind of got that big southern, really dark brown, black, curly yes. hair, and just kind of that larger-than-life personality. Yes. and I I think that that would work well with Kitty because I mean that just is her character to me. She just is is kind of, she walks in a room and is like, okay, you know, give me a glass of wine. What y'all talking about?
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a good choice. Okay, so I I picked. I went to a different direction. I kept picturing one of the things that struck stuck out to me about Kitty was her sweaters. I don't know if you remember the this detail. Yeah, yeah, she wore all these ridiculous sweaters. Yeah. I'm concerned that this person is too short. I keep thinking about height a lot. But mm-hmm. um but I think she can have a presence and I definitely see her marrying someone named Horse and Horse. bringing a comedic comedic sensibility to it and that's Melissa McCarthy. Oh, I thought about her. Okay. I did. So the reason yeah. I like her in Bridesmaid, but I also wouldn't mind returning to even um, more Gilmore Girls Suki yes. sensibilities. Like, yeah. I don't really want this to be an over the top role, which I definitely think it could be. Yeah. Uh, but I'd like Melissa McCarthy to kind of rein it in and mm-hmm. still be. Definitely the comedic relief and I mean, I can see her being loud and I just picture um, Kitty's family with horse and me yes. is very loud and kind of Five yelling kids. at each other, that couple that stays together forever, but they're always kind of at each other's throats. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know. I just really, I like Melissa McCarthy, but I want better for her career. Like I'm not a fan of maybe all of her recent movies. Right. Um, cause, Cause she needs seems to, she's to the pick same better. Thing. Yeah, yeah. And that that's kind of the reason why I, him
1: hauled on her is just because yeah. I think it depends on the actors around her. It's kind yes. of influence how she plays it. And if yes. they start going over the top, she goes over the top. Yes. And I don't always love that version of her. Yeah. But I feel like in Gilmore Girls, just thinking through you know, the role she played in that, she had some serious moments that she really leaned into them and they felt very impactful. Just thinking about her having a hard time being a new mother and her being insecure about, you know, her job. And is she doing a good Mm -hmm. job with this or that? And I'm I'm wondering if with the other people that we're wanting to cast and you know, this make-believe movie, (laughs) I think that she would kind of play off the more seriousness of the ones that we have picked and not take it to that higher level of, okay, this is comedy. We're going to try to get the cheap laughs out of this.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think it would have to do, uh, you know, if you had like a, if you had to cast your dream director, I think it would be a lot, it would have a lot to do with the director too. Like right. how they tell her to play this, because I think she yes. could play it over the top. And I did wonder, I was like, God, is Melissa McCarthy too obvious for Kitty? But I will say, when I was reading um, this book, Kitty, I definitely pictured Melissa yeah. McCarthy as yeah. Kitty. Um, we just can't so- let her husband direct it. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: and, and Knox and Jamie on the podcast always talk about that is that she's got to stop doing movies with her husband because yes. she's just the same role in all those. And she could do so much more than that. Yes. Um. So I, I also have some directors in mind for this, too, if we can get okay. into that. But um, my alternate was Chloe Seventy.
0: Oh, she, yeah. I love her. She's another oh. person I love when she shows up.
1: Yes. So she was in Big Love on HBO. And more recently in Bloodline and American Mm, Horror Story. And she also is in a movie with Adam Driver. I've not seen it yet, but I want to, but it's a zombie movie. She plays a cop in that. The Dead Don't Die. Yes.
0: I haven't seen that either,
1: but yeah, I forgot that. Yeah. And I just, she is one that can get so gritty Mm -hmm. and kind of that down to earth. Like she's just someone you would want to, I hate to use this Southern expression, but you know, we're talking about Southern book, but chew the fat with. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> no, she's going to tell you like it is and tell you straight. So yes. Alternate.
0: Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Okay. And then talk to me about grace. Cause grace is somebody I wanted to cast. Yes. Yes. Too.
1: So there are two more members of the main book club. So there's grace and then there's Mary Ellen, Mary mm-hmm. Ellen. I feel like we did not get a whole lot from, I did not have a super good sense of who she was.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: She does play a relatively major role, but she's more in the background to me. Grace Mm -hmm. was as well, but she comes into play more than Mary Ellen. So I think that that, and as I finished the book, it definitely made sense to include her in this. So Grace, as I said, is a book club member. She is tall and elegant and very well put together. Her house is, you know, impeccably decorated. She just has it all, you know, don't want to rock the boat, just going to fit in with this neighborhood. And not make any waves, whether that's with mm-hmm. my husband or in society or in this book club. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of character development there to me. Yes. So she she was an interesting an interesting one. Um, is it is it your pick?
0: Yes. So my pick for this is Laura Dern. So I want somebody with presence, yeah, and class, yeah. Um, and I think Laura Dern is obvious. Also, I really want her to get over what could be that post-Oscar slump situation.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I feel – Was she in Big Little Lies? Yes. And she okay. kind of had
1: that porcelain veneer of the top, but then underneath kind of that boiling rage.
0: I was about to say, she's so ragey in that. And to me, Grace is far more – is far less ragey on the surface. She's Cold. very quiet. Uh, yes, very controlled. Um, and so I just feel like what almost what we saw her in like I loved her as Marmy and Little Women. Um yeah. in Marriage Story, again, she was kind of over the top. So yeah. I feel like we've seen her in these over-the-top roles. So I kind of like her as this Marmy, mm-hmm. kind of demure, oh, right. again, yeah, enter yeah. a room and very classy, mm-hmm. doesn't want anybody to know anything about her except what she is willing to share. Yes. Um so Laura Dern was my yeah. first pick. Oh, I like her. Um, so mine is very
1: Laura Dern adjacent. It's a very similar actor to me, and that's kind of where I took it to. Laura Linney.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. absolutely. So she looks very similar to Laura Dern to me. She mm-hmm. is in Ozark right now. She had a show called The Big C about her having cancer. And she was also in love, actually, way back when. I don't know if you remember her storyline. I do, the and the nanny co-worker. diaries. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she's, yeah. Um, I she's she just has this calming presence to me. There's something yeah. about her voice that is just so measured and calm. Isn't and she the
0: voice of Masterpiece on PBS? Is she? I think she is. I want to say that she introduces sense. like Downton Abbey. Like okay. I feel like <laughs> I yeah, her voice that. is so good. Yeah,
1: she just makes me want to just like lie down and take a nap because yep. I'm so comforted. Um yeah. who was your alternate for this one? I didn't have an alternate, okay. Laura all the way. Okay. <laughs> My alternate would have taken it a little more extreme, I think. And I'm not certain about her. But Kristen Davis from okay. City, Charlotte. yep, She yep. also kind of has that. I want people to know what I want people to know. I want them to think well of me. My mm-hmm. life is perfect, well put together. But then underneath the surface, there's just turmoil. Um, I think she pulls that off, but in a little bit lighter of a way. Yep. And I think I'm with you. I think I want them to to take it in a quieter direction. So,
0: mm-hmm. Isn't this funny? I feel like we picked, like our first pick went takes the movie mm-hmm. one direction and then a second pick would take the movie yeah. a different direction. Either movie, by the way, I would thoroughly enjoy. It. Yeah, I agree. And I think it depends on the director as well. Yes. And, and
1: so I started the process of coming up with characters as I usually do when I first start reading the book. I try to go ahead and get in my mind who I'm thinking. And sometimes that changes as I read the book. With this one about... Probably two thirds to three fourths of the way through the book, it takes a bit of a turn to me mm-hmm. yes. in a more serious direction and less of a campy comedic direction. I think that's fair. Yeah. And so I think we're probably seeing that maybe reflected in our choices, kind of mm-hmm. that first part of the book versus the latter part. And I think, oh, yeah, I think the more serious
0: direction might be a little more compelling. To be honest. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And what I love too is that some of these comedic actors, whether it's like Kristen Wiig or even a Jason Bateman, like, I think they are entirely capable yeah. of the serious yeah. counterparts. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Jason Bateman can play both. I think Kristen Wiig can play both. And I think it would be interesting to see, yeah, which direction a director yeah. A director took it. Right. Um, and
1: speaking of directors, if we – I yeah. know we're running high on time, but I just wanted yeah. to mention the couple ones that I had, had thought of. So if we wanted the more comedic direction, I was thinking Wes Anderson. So kind of that oh, yeah. Moonrise Kingdom, Royal Tenenbaums, Life Aquatic, kind of quirky, less yeah. campy, more quirky. Or if we want to take a little bit darker, more campy, the Coen Brothers. Mm, so I love the like Coen Brothers. Fargo, No Country for Old Men, O Brother Where Art Thou? Big Lebowski direction. I'd watch that movie. I'd watch, I'd watch it right now. Call me now. Call me up. <laughs> um, I think we
0: did a really good job. I did too. I enjoyed this so much. It's nice I to have really someone else to talk through them with. Yeah, this is so fun. Okay, so listeners, if you liked kind of our picks and if you immediately were cheering, you know, whether it was for Adam Driver or for Matt Bomer, go to Juliana's Instagram at Juliana Reads uh, on Saturday and she will have uh, these kind of instagram stories i call them slides i feel like an old person but that's what they feel like powerpoint slides um um, she'll have these polls up on instagram stories for you to vote i would love to see what kind of movie uh we wind up casting but this was really fun yes thank you for having me enjoy yes thank you juliana From the Front Porch is a weekly podcast production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in South Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at BookshelfTville, and all the books from today's episode can be purchased online through our store website, www.bookshelfthomasville.com. Special thanks to Dylan and his team at Studio D Production for sound and editing and for our theme music, which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. This week, I'm reading Old Love Good Girls by Gail Godwin. Juliana, what are you reading? I just finished The Grace Year, Why Lit? And we also cast it last weekend. So you can go see that in my highlights if you're interested. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, you can tell us by leaving a review on iTunes, or if you're so inclined, support us on Patreon, where you can hear our staff's weekly new release Tuesday conversations, read full book reviews in our monthly Shelf Life newsletter, follow along as Hunter and I conquer a classic, and receive free shipping on all your online orders. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. We're so grateful for you, and we look forward to meeting back here next week.